Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. This is Gary Neron welcoming you to the Lamp and Light broadcast, coming to you from the studios of Central Baptist Church in beautiful Ocala, Florida. Lamp and Light is a ministry, taking a book of the Bible verse by verse, teaching as it is to men as they are, without compromise or apology, speaking the truth in love, and our purpose is to give the lamp and light to all. Last week in our question and answer series, we were talking about the many different translations of the Bible and the corrupted critical text that they all come from. Let's continue with that subject today. Now, here's our teacher and pastor, Dr. Andy Bloom. It's interesting that each time they come out with a new translation, they claim to have accomplished a superior <laughs> a document. They say that we have done this. It's best. Truth is, their text they call the critical text is in much need of corrections. You know that they have their text, different texts they have kept and, and held on to have over a thousand, over a thousand disagreements within the text. In other words, they really go against other parts of the text. It, it disagrees with itself. It contradicts itself. And so, because of whatever some academic person has said, obviously, they got, got it from somewhere else besides those preserved texts as the Texas Receptus and the Masoretic text. And so we find out that when this was discovered, that there were mistakes. The mistakes that were added are rabbinical writing mistakes or other mistakes and others that tried to change things and make their notes. Try to change the scriptures so it wouldn't go against what they believe. Now, my friend, it's unfortunate that it's that way. But in, to be quite honest with you, to be true to the word, they have tried to change it. We don't, it's not preserved. Why do they come out with a new critical text about every four to five years? Why? I mean, if they said they got it and they got it right, then they go back and say, oh, we found another mistake. So how can you trust your science when they keep on changing about every four or five years? Yes, many Calvinists reject Augustine's revered Mary deity doctrine in their own mind. But we read Augustine's prayer to Mary. He says, O blessed Virgin Mary, who can worthily Repay thee thy just dues of praise and thanksgiving. Thou who by the wondrous ascent 
of thy will did rescue fallen a fallen world that songs of praise that our weak human nature resides to thy honor since it is by thy intervention alone that has founded the way to restoration accept then such poor thanks as we have to offer though they are unequal to thy merits and receiving our vows obtained by prayers for the remission of our offenses carry thou our prayers within the sanctuary of thy heavenly audience and bring forth from it the antidote for our reconciliation may the sins we bring before thee before the almighty God through thee become pardonable through thee be granted our offering grant fear for thou art the soul of sinners through thee the hope for the remission of sins and thee O blessed lady is our hope of reward holy mary secure the miserable help the faint-hearted people plead for our clergy intercede for all women counselors consecrated to god i pray all who keep thy holy recommendations feel now thy help and protection and thou ever ready assistance when we pray and bring back to us the answers to our prayers make it thy continual prayer for the people of God thou who blessed by God didst inherit to bear the Redeemer of the world who giveth and now liveth and reigneth world without end. Amen. What did Augustine do? He prayed a prayer that gave glory only to Mary. It exalted her for forgiveness of sin, to forgive us our sin. It exalted her to do all of these things. And yet, it did not happen, did it? Because sins are forgiven by God, is forgiven through Jesus Christ, not through Mary. Mary offered a sin offering as according to the law. I had a priest tell me one time, well, 
See, she was doing that just to be obedient to God, not because she had sin. And I told him, if she offered a sin offering, she was saying that she was a sinner. And if she had not sinned, then she was lying. So therefore, she did have sin because she just told a lie. She had not sinned to that point because it was a sin offering. And she also, in Luke chapter 1, called him God, my Savior. Jesus, we don't see him asking for a Savior because he is the Savior. Mary called him my Savior. So please understand, prayers to Mary is really blasphemous. People that say, I'm elected, I, I did talk to a man one day, witness to him. He told me he was a Calvinist. I went through the gospel. He says, yeah, I'm saved. I've done that. And I says, well, would you admit that what I told you was the way of salvation? He said, yes. And you say you have done that. You called upon the Lord to save him. You gave him your heart and life. He said, yes. Then I said, how did you know? He said, I felt it. Now, I knew how his group felt about the charismatic movement. So I said, so really, you're doing the same as the charismatics then, aren't you? You're saying it's feeling. If I feel it, then I'm saved. And you're going by your feelings that you were one of the elect. You just felt like that you were one of the elect. And that's not what the Bible says. Well, he said, well, no, you just don't understand went on. But, see, what I'm trying to say is that people go by feelings. They go by what some preacher, somebody else said, when God preserved the word of God for us to go by it. So, my friend, please, please, let the word of God be your guide today. Okay, we are our next listeners. This lady asked some interesting questions. I think that you'll find them interesting. She says, is there an example in the Bible of someone who was healed by prayer, but it wasn't when they were present? That is, the person praying, the people praying for them, and yet they weren't present for that prayer that was prayed for them at a distance. And the answer to that is yes, and I'll say more about that as we go on a little bit later. But I want to go on to these other two questions that seem to uh, be the ones that she was really more concerned about. And so in question number one, she says, what is your personal opinion that King Asa removed all the idols uh, but did not remove the high places? Do you think it was too much work and he thought he had done enough by removing the idols? Well, that's a thought, isn't it? Or is it that he believed that some people actually worshipped Yahweh, Jehovah God, in those places. Instead of going to the place they were told to, where they offered their offerings, a worship offering, as also offered uh, to give praise, praise offerings and, and, and thank offerings. And so the high places were still wrong, weren't they? And the answer is yes, the high places were still wrong because many used it to worship the sun and other gods. Many saw it as 
not that bad. Now, I've often told our church uh, in a service, don't look at something as not that bad. You'll never find that in the Bible. If, if they used to say, one would say, do I need to put this shirt in the laundry? And she says, well, if it's dirty, put it in the laundry, okay? And that made sense, okay? Put it in the laundry. If it's got dirt on it, it's, it goes to the laundry. The sun and other gods were worshipped in this places privately, but they were still worshipping that way, and that's why they kept those places up there. Ecumenical services, contemporary services, or to some other unequal yoke that people go today, or they watch their contemporary and they listen to their contemporary music. As many of the young and middle-aged preachers get caught up in the cultural things and a cultural mindset, and that's what was happening in that day. It's, this is not a new thing today because the cultural mindset, the culture changed a lot of the way they worshiped. That's why, why Israel would end up in captivity because they went in the culture with their worship. This is your radio pastor, Pastor Andy Bloom, saying, May the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway today. We want to thank you for listening to the Lamp and Light broadcast. If you would like a CD copy of today's message by Dr. Bloom, send us your name, mailing address, and include the radio station by which you are listening and the date of the broadcast. We would appreciate a gift of $5 to Lamp and Light Broadcast, 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, Ocala, Florida, 34471. You may also visit us on the website and freely download the sermons by clicking on the sermon library. That website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. Again, the address for the Lamp and Light broadcast is 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, O-C-A-L-A, Florida, 34471. And again, our website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. This is your announcer, Gary Neron, saying... May God's peace be with all that are in Christ Jesus. Stand so the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible stands. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible.